Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, a show exploring how herbs heal as medicine, as food, and through nature connection. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. I'm an herbalist teacher and the best-selling author of the books Alchemy of Herbs and Wild Remedies. I created this podcast to share trusted herbal wisdom so that you can get the best results when relying on herbs for your health. I love offering up practical knowledge to help you dive deeper into the world of medicinal plants and seasonal living. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Each episode of the podcast is available on my Herbs with Rosalie YouTube channel, as well as your favorite podcast app. Transcripts and recipes for each episode can be found at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. To get the latest news as well as fun bonuses, be sure to sign up for my weekly herbal newsletter. Okay, grab your cup of tea. Let's dive in. Do you love chamomile? I love chamomile. And as you'll see, my guest Rebecca Luna loves chamomile too. In fact, we just full-on fangirled about chamomile throughout this entire episode. We talked about chamomile tea, chamomile oil, chamomile glycerite, as well as chamomile gifts for babies and throughout menopause. We also chatted about what it's like running an herbal apothecary, something Rebecca's been doing for almost 20 years. For those of you who don't already know her, Rebecca Luna is an herbalist and the proprietress of Rebecca's Herbal Apothecary and Supply. This retail shop provides everything one needs to use and make botanical medicines. They have a production kitchen where they craft a line of herbal products right on site. Rebecca has been steeped in herbalism since the early 1990s and is a graduate of the Rocky Mountain Center for Botanical Medicine. She's worked as a community herbalist, postpartum doula, and botanical medicine-making teacher. She opened her apothecary in 2004 with the aim of connecting the community with botanical medicine and providing a thriving work environment for herbalists. Rebecca, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So I mentioned this already in the introduction, but I met you after this incredible experience of going to Red Rocks, Colorado this year, and then asking, and I have to mention, I saw Tori Amos there. I had gotten a couple hours of sleep that night, and I'd asked on my Facebook page, what should I do while I'm in the Denver area? And I had so many people say, you cannot miss Rebecca's apothecary. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not really going to Boulder. And then another person said it and another person said it and another person said it. And so I ended up actually taking an Uber to go to Boulder just to go to the apothecary. And I'm so glad I did. And I got to meet you and it was just all so lovely. So yeah, I'm just so glad to have you here. Thanks for saying yes. Well, I feel really honored and special that you took the time to come out and visit us. And I have to say, every time I hear Tori Amos now, I think of you. Oh, I love that. That's like my goal in life. So thank you. <laughs> We're done here. She's fabulous. She's so good. Yeah. Want to hear first, I actually don't know your story at all. And I would love to hear like your story of becoming on the plant path. Oh, okay. It's, it's kind of interesting. Thank you for asking. I, you know, it's, I'd like to tell people I was a welder before I was an herbalist, which this is, is the a first sort of... time I've heard this. <laughs> no yes. one else has been a welder first. <laughs> that has not been a pathway. So, 
Well, I was, I was quite young. I, I ended up, I was pregnant. I had this beautiful little baby. You can't weld when you're pregnant. And I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And I had a, my brother, who I just adore, was living in Colorado. I was living in Washington, D.C. And he said, why don't you come out to Colorado? They were getting ready to have their first baby. And I was single mom, sort of struggling. And they said, we can help you and you can help us. And I said, what am I going to do in Colorado? And he said, well, there's an herb school. And I said, what's herb school? I mean, it was that fluky for sure. Like wow. I knew, I knew garlic was good for you. And I come from a very sort of traditional Italian American household where food is medicine for sure, but it was a real fluke. And then I remember the first day of school, this was the Rocky Mountain Center for Botanical Studies and Father Jones made loose leaf tea, which was the first time I saw that. And I just thought it was fat. I was just immediately drawn into it. And she said, herbalists are outlaws. And I was like, ooh, that sounds mm. like a good match, you know? And I just felt really empowered, especially as a young, broke, single mom and and just really fell in love with it. That's kind of how I got into, I mean, I went to herb school and then later became a teacher at the school. And then I taught at Bastyr University for a while. But the real dream after going through herb school and practicing a little bit, I did some postpartum care, was the shop. The shop mm -hmm. was really my dream. Wow. So I think, I mean, the shop, you have created such a magical, special place with Rebecca's Apothecary. Um, one that is famous beyond Boulder, Colorado. And I'm wondering... Why did you, you know, what is it about the shop? Like, obviously that spoke to you on a deep level. That was your dream. And do you have any insight as to like, I don't know, kind of the deeper goal or the deeper mission behind the shop? Thank you for asking that. So for me, herbalism was so empowering. It was amazing to see that, oh, I could get medicine just going out into my yard. You know, that just, that just blew <laughs> blew my mind and was so, so profound for my spirit. And, and the idea, so part of the shop for me is very political in the way of social justice, of having everyone's birthright, being the knowledge to use the plants around you, to make that as accessible as possible to people, to, to let them know it's the simplest remedies that are the most profound. You know, this should, there's, there's, it's, it's it should be accessible and so what a what a pleasure to be able to be a part of making that accessible to folks it also i found it very hard to make a living as an herbalist straight out of school and another another thing was to be able to have a steady paycheck for herbalists sort of as they get their feet going mm -hmm. and that sort of thing and then also when you get people excited about the plants around them and using their plants, then they're going to naturally be excited or interested in environmentalism. So, you know, for me, this sort of fulfilled all those, checked all those boxes. And, and then there's a selfish side, which was that as a botanical medicine making teacher, I, I could never find everything I needed in one place. And now I have everything I need. <laughs> One loop, you know, I was getting ready for this and I was like, oh, I need chamomile and I could just go grab some off the shelf. So it's very selfish. I have all my. 
Well, I love all of those reasons. There's a couple of things I just want to circle back to. One, I love that you're a welder and that just a fluke you got into herbal school, but how it just resonated with you so deeply. And I think that is just very empowering because sometimes I interview people and they are just, I always think like they're the lucky ones, you know, like their story begins when they were two and they were out in the yard you know, playing with plantain. And I'm like, oh, like that's the dream, right? That more and more of us have that experience. But sometimes we can feel like, oh, if I didn't have that, then maybe like, you know, herbalism is just, there's a hurdle there or something. But I love that you're like, no, I was a welder. (laughs) And And then I just like fell into this path. And I just think that's beautiful. Like no matter where we come from, once the plants reach out to us, you know, they're there. So I love that. And I love the social justice and environmental aspect too, because that was actually a big thing for me. I was, I often like joke, I minored in social justice when I was in college, because that was kind of what I spent all of my stuff doing was just activism. But man, I was, you know, like 20 and I just stand on the street corners and yell at people. And because, you know, I was angry, you know, like why weren't people paying attention and all these injustices in the world. And after a while, I just realized, whoa, that is not like, I'm just not really accomplishing like what I want to accomplish with this tactic. And then by a fluke, I made it to a wilderness school and I watched people's lives transformed, including my own, by becoming connected to the place where we lived, by making medicine with the plants. And so that was kind of like, I was like, oh, this is my in, you know, this is a way to have an impact. So I appreciate that with the store, that that was part of that and just, yeah, giving the back people's birthright of plants as medicine. And I think you are creating so much access through your podcast here. And the, I mean, it's amazing. I've been, I was telling you before the show, I mean, I've sort of gotten re-excited about things listening to you. I'm just so grateful for what you do. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. Mm. Uh, Well, so now I I have more questions about the shop, but maybe let's Let's dive into chamomile. I, I just can't even wait because chamomile, I don't think you know this, is one of my very favorite plants. If you like twisted my arm, most days I might say it's my favorite. So, although it is impossible to choose. So I'm excited to talk about chamomile and I'm excited to hear what inspired you to choose chamomile out of all the plants out there. I mean, anybody who works with me or knows me, that is, it. she is sort of my main ally mm. herb for sure, you know, and there's, there's so, so many reasons. And also that, that sort of social justice birthright thing, chamomile for me is so accessible to so many people. And it's, you know, even people who, who might like family members who might think I'm a little wacky or out there being an herbalist and they don't get it, but they've heard of chamomile tea. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, almost everyone has heard of chamomile tea or used it or had it in, in their life. So I love the accessibility of it. We can talk really about, I mean, the amount of uses of this plant, as you surely know, is just staggering, but it's also like, I mean, I planted chamomile one time, just once, Hmm. never had to water it. And it just flourishes. It Hmm. just, it's so readily available. You know, I love, I love that about, so, so that's one of the main things. I also felt like, you know, when I came into herbalism, as I said, I was a young single mother, you know, I always say chamomile was the other parent in the household. Hmm. It really helped me raise that kid. You know, and it helped me, 
I mean, even just sort of getting ready for this today, you know, I'm having my chamomile tea for, you know, to help keep me calm and centered. I could have a a beautiful, strong medicine within 10 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. just so readily available. I just think it's it's such a mothering, grandmotherly. I just I just love I love this plant. Mm. I mean, we could go through all the things. I've got lists and lists. It was really hard to narrow it down. What <laughs> I love about it. I hope I'm not going on and on. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely not. You know, the sense I had when you were just talking about, it, you said it's so accessible. Within ten minutes, you have this wonderful medicine. And the image I had in my mind is like, and it's so different from like, yeah, you could walk to your medicine cabinet and pull out some pharmaceutical pills, like over the counter pills, and pop those but it's such a different kind of medicine. I mean, this is like the epitome of what makes herbal medicine so great is that chamomile isn't something you just like throw back real quick. It's something you get to smell. And then it's something that brings a lot of physical and mental, emotional relief in a comforting way. Like you mentioned that it's mothering. It's such a comfort. And I love that, you know, this is like, again, epitome of herbal medicine that our herbs are beautiful every step of the process. And then they have so many gifts. Yes. Yes. And I love that you said the steam, you know, you could, you make your tea and then if you just breathe it in while it's, I know with chamomile, you like to brew it lidded to hold in the volatile oils, but I mean, also just let yourself enjoy that (laughs) steam coming up. I mean, it's going to be fabulous for your skin, but your whole mood, it sort of invites you into that cup of tea, Mm -hmm. you know, but also, you know, even just having it even if you don't brew it and you just have it in a little bag in sachets around and just crunching the bag of chamomile blossoms, that is medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's so repeating myself, but so, so accessible and, you know, getting ready for this. One of the things I kept coming, I remembered from my studies long ago, but I kept coming across was that it's called the the plants physician Hmm. and so if you know plants are having a hard time or they're a little droopy Maud Greaves talks about this in her modern herbal you know they if you plant chamomile near a sad plant it'll help bring that plant to wellness oh my gosh I love that (laughs) I love it oh come on it's so good yeah yeah Yeah. I was just imagining like the chamomile bringing us comfort and through that, you know, that comfort joy. And so just seeing the chamomile does that for all beings, apparently the plants too. Yeah. Yeah. And what a, what an ally for children. I mean, it's great for everyone. It's great in menopause. It's great for, but really for children, what, what a wonderful, wonderful plant. And the recipe that I gave was a, was a chamomile bath, which I think is just one, to me, it's one of my favorite remedies with this plant. And a long time ago, I heard that there's a folk saying, I, I, I can't remember where I heard this, but that to give an infant their first bath in a bath, you know, infused with chamomile to reassure them that they were born into a good world. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, let's let's talk about this chamomile bath recipe. I was so thrilled that you chose this as your recipe and gifted it to us because I'm some like I like to think of myself as famous for loving chamomile baths. It's one of the ways that I work with chamomile the most is as a bath. And I just found it 
find it to be so comforting, so soothing for so many different reasons. One funny story I have about that is one time in our rooted medicine circle class, I was demonstrating hand baths and I used two cups of chamomile and steeped it and then put it in a hand bath. And so I'm, you know, I'm modeling this and showing people how to do it. I'm actually have my hands soaked in the water. Well, two cups of chamomile in a hand bath, I can tell you, is profoundly sedating and maybe not what you want when you're in the middle of teaching. Thank goodness I had a co-teacher, Emily Hahn, who was able to kind of like take over because I like, I mean, it was like, it was funny, but like kind of not funny for me as a teacher in that like, I literally had to go to the couch. Like, I felt like I was like so tired. I just couldn't even like keep myself propped up anymore. So just, you know, you don't need two cups for a hand bath unless you want that of course, unless you want that. But yeah, let's talk about your recipe and just ways you enjoy or reasons why you would be like, oh, I need a chamomile bath. I mean, this, well, I I have a a story. I had a friend was traveling with her, her toddler from Australia, which was Mm -hmm. rough. And we were very young, early twenties. And she came in and the baby was not she was just not doing well and my friend was giving her sort of every over-the-counter thing that she possibly could she also came and immediately came to my house which was over eight thousand feet up in the mountains and the one thing that started to help resolve was making a nice i brought some sort of props just to show you like here's 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 some chamomile right and then maybe you take a canning jar is sort of my favorite way to do it And I'm just, because this is for home, I can use my hands, you know, just, I'm going to fill the camel. Is this okay showing you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like I put a bunch of chamomile in the jar here. I like to add some lavender, but maybe just a pinch. You'll see in the recipe that it's a little bit of lavender to chamomile because too much lavender is a little stimulating. But anyway, then you pour boiling water over this and lit it and let it sit. You want to make sure that it gets to room temperature because you certainly don't want to put boiling water in a bath with, you know, anybody. It's always good to put for me to put the the tea, the resulting tea, pour it through a strainer into the bath, or you could pour it into a cloth and catch the catch mm. the herbs. Maybe add some oatmeal in there and then tie the cloth off and you have this mm. bundle to use is really nice. But anyway, so then you've got this tea, you pour it in the bath and then you add the bath water to make it to a comfortable temperature. And when we put this, this little toddler in the bath, they just immediately could start relaxing Mm -hmm. and then letting their body heal. Mm -hmm. You know, it just sort of that quiet, just being able to get in all those, all your cells and bathe in it. Oh, I can't. I don't have a bathtub right now. I'm really, I should have one in about two months. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> so chamomile bath is probably in your future. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it can reduce the fever and we know fevers are good uh, most of the time, but sometimes you really need to just cut it down so that that being can rest, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it reduces that nervousness and the irritation. And this kid had just been up and down and, uh, you know, I mean, mm-hmm digestive upset, you know, all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. anti, well, we can go through. I mean, what doesn't it do really? Yeah. What doesn't it do? Yeah. yeah. One of you mentioned fever and chamomile is one of my favorite. My one indication for chamomile for me, even for adults is a fever where someone feels really restless and irritable 
and has body aches and possibly a headache. And you can have yeah. a really strong bath or a really strong tea of chamomile and then go to bed <laughs> and you'll wake up feeling better. I have just seen that time and time again. That's all of those indications. Like you have the fever. And again, it's not to like be like, oh, we're going to, you know, oppress your fever or try to, you know, artificially lower it. It's really like supporting your body's process. And when you're just feeling like whiny and irritable and you have a fever and you just don't feel good and you want someone to take care of you, chamomile will take care of you. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's so specific and great. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it covers all those bases and it does, doesn't it feel like, like the ancestors are coming and helping when you have chamomile? That's how I yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned anti-inflammatory. I'd love to talk about that. Cause I feel like chamomile is kind of underrated as something that modulates inflammation. Yeah. I mean, it's underrated all around. All like, around. Yes. Yeah. I consider it one of our best anti-inflammatories. It's in our tummy tea blend and, mm. and one of the, and that's our, you know, with the meadow sweet blossoms, very anti-inflammatory, mm. but also, so here's a good example of that. And I apologize. I keep going back to kids stuff, but that's you great. know, I think about it, a teething, a teething child, right. And their, their gums are inflamed. So I like to take chamomile, make a nice strong chamomile tea and take a very clean cloths and dip it in the tea and freeze the cloths. So then mm. when they're teething, they can chew on that cold cloth. Well, the chamomile itself is so anti-inflammatory for those inflamed gums. Also, the cold is going to be anti-inflammatory. It helps reduce that irritation that the kid is having. Sometimes they have a non-productive fever. It can help reduce that. It also, they can get some digestive upset from the teething and it covers that base too. And then as a parent, you you can drink the tea while you're making it so that you are more patient with that child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, I'm thinking like, what doesn't chamomile do? I love it in an oil too. Infusing oh, I was going to ask you if you work oil. with it in oil. That's kind of my new favorite. I mean, new in the past couple of years, but it's a favorite of mine. Such a favorite. Tell, tell me how you like to work with it. Well, again, it's just so giving. It just, it just loves being in the oil. I put it in, mm -hmm. I usually infuse it in an organic olive oil. That tends to be my favorite for the infused oils. And it just, it just gives of itself so well. It's so easy to sort of powder up. And I put it in our sore muscle oil. It's the mm -hmm. infused olive oil of the chamomile is a base that mixed with infused ginger oil. Mm. But in I found with people who have that extreme jaw pain, like the inflammatory going back to that, you know, and you're, they're so tense and they're clenching their jaw all the time. And this is something I feel safe on their face. It's anti-inflammatory. And again, calming them down, you know, and it just feels soft. What a nice, what a nice oil to massage with before bed, mm -hmm. you know, it's not so stimulating, but it's also analgesic, you know, it, I, I agree with you. It is so underrated. <laughs> she is small but mighty, I tell you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I love, I often will rub it on before bed and it's just such a comforting smell and so lovely. And then sometimes specifically, I'll get just randomly, I'll get restless legs where like my legs are like jumpy yeah. before bed. And when that happens, I know that I can put chamomile. I often do like chamomile and St. John's wort. And obviously, like for anyone listening, you need to look at, you know, things like your minerals and magnesium and everything, which I do. But sometimes there's still like some restlessness there. And the 
the chamomile is just so wonderful for rubbing that on my legs. And then I just can go to sleep just like that. Yep. I love your pairing with the St. John's. Yeah. Yeah. That was really just like out of desperation. I think that that happened <laughs> one night, you know, just like, what, what do I have that will work? And I just found like when I put the both of them on, it's really lovely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, interesting that I love that you're talking about the, this love of the infused oil. A lot of times when I infuse plants into oils, which is one of my favorite preparations, you don't get the scent of the plant in mm -hmm. the infused oil so much you might add essential oil if you really want that aromatherapy bit but boy the chamomile is just there mm -hmm. yeah that is so true yeah you mentioned it for menopause briefly and i'm curious about that well i think of you know it's it's with its anti-inflammatory it's great for any sort of i've been for menstrual pains that sort of thing but i also think this is funny. I've never read about chamomile for liver, but I I think of it sort of as a livery kind of herb. Well, because it does everything. But I think of that, you know, that bitterness mm -hmm. and the it's yellow really color. Yeah. And I, I think of it as something that helps support the liver while it's processing hormones and that sort of thing. And also just, I mean, I'm postmenopausal now and I, I, you know, I'm a pretty even keel person, but going through when, when that really started for me, perimenopause, I really, the emotional side of that was very hard for me. And I felt myself getting, you know, sort of going from zero to 60 very fast. And I think chamomile, chamomile was an old friend and again, was supportive quickly. Like, Okay, to put it in modern terms, it's the friend you just text and they just show up and they're there for you. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do emails and have someone schedule the date. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I hope yeah. that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Kemal being a very loyal friend who's got your back right away. Well, and with that steam, you know, it would encourage me to breathe it in. Yeah, beautiful. Now I'm now I feel like you're my chamomile pal because you Yay. love chamomile. <laughs> I love chamomile. Another favorite way that I've been working with it lately is glycerites. I've just been I used to like not like glycerites at all and now I'm more into them and chamomile works just really lovely as a glycerite. And sometimes I'll combine it like just for like a little added oomph is a tincture and a glycerite just you know tincture chamomile tincture or the glycerite chamomile mix them like half and half yeah I take that traveling now like I just don't even leave home without it because just you know the like like we've been talking about everything chamomile is great for is like what happens when you travel well sometimes your digestion could be a little bit off sometimes okay with me all the time like nervousness and anxiety can happen while traveling <laughs> and you know having being in a different time zone you know having trouble sleeping can be a problem so chamomile is like you know that friend that will text you right back with me so anyway so I'm just curious if you work with it as a tincture or glycerite you know, I love, I'm now I'm yet again inspired by you. No, I haven't done that. We sell, there's a local company, Wish Garden here. That's a fabulous company. And she makes a chamomile glycerite, but I haven't, you know, I haven't made glycerites in 20 years or something. I don't know why I haven't dabbled there, but it sounds wonderful and also more easily accessible than just a straight tincture straight in. 
Yeah, I so think that I'm somehow inspired. the tincture started bothering me this year's alcohol. I just wasn't getting along with it. And I feel like I ignored glycerides for 20 years. And <laughs> now I'm kind of like, for certain plants, they're just really wonderful. Mm. I had a couple of people in a row come and talk about calamus this year. And I've started mm. taking calamus glyceride when needed. And anyway, I've just been into, cal- been into glycerides. But that is a whole other tangential thing. But for me, you know, a chamomile just comes up as a tea so much, which I love it as a tea. I love that even when I'm traveling, if I didn't bring chamomile tea with me, I can just go to a health food store and get like traditional medicinals. You know, they have great tea bags and, you know, get chamomile. So, I, And even just you could walk into a cafe probably anywhere and get a chamomile tea. So I love that accessibility of it as well love couldn't love the tea more and so it's been kind of a but it's been a fun thing to just kind of play around with these other other ways of working with chamomile yeah have have you worked with the roman chamomile for like benches i haven't done anything with roman chamomile and i would say that's one of the most common questions i get is people say like you know like how is this different or the same from roman chamomile and i'm always like ah I don't really know. I know that they're similar but different. So if you have anything to say about that, that would be great. I mean, I don't really use the Roman chamomile for ingesting or topically or that sort of thing. But I got super into, boy, when my, who's now grown, but when my grown son was a kid, I planted a chamomile bench and the Roman chamomile tends to do better to my understanding when trod upon and sat upon than the German chamomile will do. And so, you know, again, if we're having a hard time, it's like, go sit on the chamomile bench, you know? Oh, interesting. Oh, that's lovely too. Very pleasant time out, you know, like, or I'll go sit on the chamomile bench, but it's like the more it's trod upon, the more it grows. And also just the release of that scent when, when it's walked upon is just, I think it's a lovely medicine. I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But yeah, well, I do. That inspires me now to grow some Roman chamomile. I, it's about time I learn. Everyone asks, so maybe it's time. The thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, know. is there anything else you'd like to add about chamomile? I was thinking, what are the, the, my big, my big wins with it? There's another real special one is I love the oil for cradle cap, mm. the chamomile infused olive oil for cradle cap for, for nightmares and convulsions, that sort of thing. But I'm sure I'm going to get off this podcast and I'm, I'll, maybe I'll call you all in this, in this, in this. <laughs> I hope you do just so we can fangirl over chamomile some more. Yes, let's fangirl over chamomile. But I love the opportunity to talk about it. And thank you for listening to me go on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, it was really fun for me too. Well, so I'm really excited to ask you more questions about your shop if you'll yeah. allow it. All right. So I'm thinking here's Rebecca. You've gone to herb school, you've been teaching, you're a medicine maker, teaching in Colorado, teaching in Bastyr, and then you're like, okay, but my dream is to open a shop. Um, what is that first shop? Well, I have a couple of questions. One, okay. did you have any idea what you're getting into at that point? And two, what did that, what did your shop first look like? Because I, I see it now, but I imagine it probably didn't look the way it does now with all these different employees and it's just so, just everything about it. So I'm just curious about that. Did you know what you're getting into and what did that first shop look like? Oh my goodness. This is a great questions. Um, I did not at all. I knew, I knew, I remember right before it opened sort of hesitating because I knew my whole life was going to change and I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but I didn't, I, I had, 
I did not know. No. And it took me seven years to open just sort of full disclosure of like, this is what I want to do. Starting to save, starting to plan that sort of thing. I opened in the same building, but in, in the spot next door, actually the room I'm sitting in right now was the original herb herb shop. So it was, it was about a third of the size that it is now boy, I'm having a flood of memories of things that were different. A lot of the furniture was stuff I found on the side of the road. Um, right. We hand wrote every single label wow. in the store, wow. which was crazy. You know, you'd, you'd, and first it was just me and one other person or me and two other people. I'm very small scale, but, you know, as we got even the first couple of years, I'd interviewed these incredibly brilliant herbalists and my first question is how's your handwriting (laughs) (laughs) i mean the other random thought that i haven't thought about in years that just came up was i was so concerned about like things like you know when you buy something that has a barcode on it and you have to scrape the barcode off Mm -hmm. i was like in my shop we're not doing that we're we're gonna tape the barcode on like leaving the plastic behind it and we're going to fold the edge of the tape so people can just pull I mean just insanity you know it's it's you know I totally appreciate that that you wanted to do that and I can totally appreciate how there's that whole like you spent you can spend like 90% of your time doing the like 10% that may not matter as much (laughs) yes yes so there so you have your store and I remember I got to tour the shop so I I know where you're sitting right now and you started small and then you grew and how has that been I mean I kind of like I'm asking for myself in some ways because I've been growing my own business and I mean it's freaking hard <laughs> I'll just yeah. say it like I mean it's just like I mean there is no blueprint for me you know and it's like to take on you know more amazing people on your team and you know, growing is just like, it's like you have to do a lot of self growth to in order to grow your business, I think. So I'm just kind of yeah. curious how that was for you. How you resonate with that? Oh, I resonate. So it's, it's been, oh, wow. It's, it's a little mind blowing how, you know, I've learned patience. I've learned, you know, some very, very big life lessons, but, but, but the, what I do want to say is starting small was one of the best things I did. And my brother was incredibly helpful for me when I started in saying that, you know, he said, Rebecca, write down every single thing that you are going to need to open this business, like down to the nail in the wall for the picture in the wall, every single solitary thing, and then double it. And that's what you need. And, you know, he was right because there were so many things that I didn't think about, you know, and also you are going to make, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make, I'm, I made, I made a ton of mistakes. I would so much rather make a hundred dollar mistake than a thousand dollar mistake. And Mm -hmm. so I think that is really, really a good thing about starting small and, you know, sometimes I look and I see a lot of businesses that have gotten a lot bigger than me, a lot faster. And I, sometimes I feel bad about myself. Like what's wrong with me? Why am I so sort of pokey about this? But in, in, in the end, it's, it's all my nervous system can handle is going at the Mm -hmm. pace that I, I mean, we're almost at 20 years now, Wow. you know, 
and we're still in in the same store yeah yeah beautiful beautiful store that has expanded that was one thing so my experience of the shop is that i was okay so again i've had like a couple minutes or a couple hours of sleep i've just seen the most amazing concert of my life where tori played my request huge emotional experience as you mentioned there was a little bit of elevation going on for me so it was like i my anyway it was like i felt like i was like in this dream world right i was just like not entirely there and i went to got to boulder i went to breakfast and then i'm like carrying all of my luggage with me right so i like have my like roller bag and a backpack on walking through the streets of boulder and i roll up on rebecca's apothecary right i'm just there with my phone and maps and looking for it and it was easy for me to know that I'd made it to the right place because out in front was all of these beautiful herbs growing, which I just love that so much. Like we're in an urban setting, 100%, you know, there's a lot of cement everywhere. And yet here we are at the apothecary with their herbs in front. So I was immediately like, yes, okay. And I walk in the shop and you just have like such a great curated experience there of both these incredible products that are made in-house and then things that you have curated from other places and i know i talked to one of your employees heather about this but like the tinctures it was like all my favorite tinctures from companies all over the united states and it was interesting because like oftentimes like if you go to like whole foods or something there's like this company's tincture line and this company's tincture line but these were like hand-picked like and they were just my favorite ones i mean they're like kind of the famous ones you know you know david winston's grief relief and you had ginger webs texas medicinals there and anyway and then you had these incredibly beautiful products handmade in-house and i got to go in the back and get the tour and everything and something that just really struck me is that you have these incredibly high quality products made in-house but you've scaled it and i'm just wondering like how that was you know like i got to see the herbs brewing and see some of the machinery i don't know i just again i'm just kind of imagining like i'm sure it didn't start out like this of you know you had and there was like i don't know three people in the back like they were you know kind of putting everything together very professionally but it was just there was still heart in it i think that's what it is rebecca there was just so much heart and like you could feel the plants in those products and it wasn't like an assembly line where you're just like burr, burr, burr. i don't know <laughs> anyway so i'm just curious about that like how has that been to know that you wanted to create incredible medicine have that for the shop and then scale that too before i talk about i do want to say that the tinctures and who's in here that is because of heather powell yeah. she she is the one who has curated that whole all of the tinctures and she's i get no credit for that other than than loving heather and being so grateful that she's here but that is 100 i was so hers. impressed i talked to heather about it too because i was like I'd never seen, I mean, it really was like my favorite tinctures from across the U.S. were there. And the ones I didn't know, I was like, I need to know these ones. Because if they're sitting with all these other great ones, then I need to know the other ones. Yeah. I mean, that's, so I'm going up, I'm not answering your question right away, but but I will say one of the, one of the most important things that I think something that is lent to the success of the shop is surrounding yourself with really skilled people. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way you can do it all. You know, yeah. Amber Graziano is she orders our herbs and she's just she's just so good she's Mm -hmm. so good at what she does so i really i i think a lot of this you know is has been cultivating relationships with people because there's no way i could i could do all of this and and you know in the early days yeah i did do Mm -hmm. 
thing and I was in the I, in the back making stuff and writing the labels and trying to do the books and and working with the the one customer a day I had you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember those days too <laughs> yeah but um you know I think again it is it is working with with people who well you know, maybe making a mission. I worked with a friend of mine who's a business coach who sort of helped me like write mission statements for each job. And that helps me figure out what do I want out of this job. And that ties in with the production side of things, because part of the mission for that is we're putting love into this, you know, and we we care, we care about this. And, and part of you know, it's a balance between, I mean, I love that you say that I've scaled up. I just feel like we're so small, you know, like. Well, I'm thinking we like can... my kitchen counter versus your store is kind of my reference. <laughs> but I mean, we still want to be able to crunch it and have, be yeah. able to smell it. And, and, and if we, you know, there has been a lot of talk of outsourcing, especially the tea making and that sort of thing. And honestly, a lot of that is for health and safety, because when we're sitting there doing these batches, that is not healthy for the people doing that. We just right next to me is I'm going to spare you and not turn the computer, but is a big cement mixer, but it's a food grade cement mixer. Mm -hmm. They've named it Bubba. And that's what we are now mixing our teas with to keep mm. us healthier. Okay. I'm so long-winded, Rosalie. You're so patient with my answer. But the I think the scaling, it is just sort of everything is one step at a time. Mm. And not letting people push you when you're not comfortable. Mm. Yeah. You know, or yeah. looking at, I don't, you know, we have Instagram. The woman who does it is great. I don't, I can't look at Instagram. It makes me feel competitive and, oh, well, they're doing that. I should be doing that. And I, you know, I'm not, I, I just, it's not good for me. So I don't go on there at all. So just sort of maintaining, you know, I'm a little bit blinders on, but I think it has helped me maintain this the way I want it okay, my control freaky side wants it to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I can appreciate that. And yeah, you've created such a beautiful space. I think my last question for you so far <laughs> about the shop is the other sense that I got about the shop, you know, it's so aesthetically beautiful. Everything's curated so well, such high quality products, both made in-house and curated from afar. The other sense is this community, because again, you know, I just asked people on Facebook, like, where, where should I go? And there was so many people who surrounded Rebecca's apothecary, people who lived around in the area, people who didn't live in the area. And I'm curious, like you said, one of your missions for starting your goals for starting was this kind of social justice, environmental thing, which to me involves community. And I'm just wondering what that has been like to have a community space and perhaps like what that's been like, because you're not just available in Boulder, but also available online too. So, you know, what has that been like to cultivate these communities? It's, um, that, gosh, thank you for all these questions. Make me feel so good. I mean, it's been a, an, a tremendous honor. You know, we talk about that this is a real growth thing. You know, it's taught me, it's taught me a lot about how to interact with, with people. You know, I always try and think if someone's having a hard day coming in, I try and think of maybe a family member I have or have had who tends to be difficult in stores and just think about, but I love that person. And, and you, you may not know what's going on in there. 
you you don't know what's going on in other people's lives or what's happening there. One of my most favorite things about the shop is having this toy corner. And some of these toys were my son, who's 31 years old right now. He Some of his toys are uh-huh. in the corner and having kids come in and that if they can have this pleasant experience in the herb shop, then again, herbalism is normal for them. That's their birthright. Oh, we used to go to the tea store, you know, and we, oh, I'd have chamomile and, you know, getting to watch them sort of grow up or Mm -hmm. watching people, you know, yeah, grow up or, and, and the passing of their family members and, and just being able to be witness to that has been probably one of the biggest honors of my life. I have to tell you something that's totally off subject, but when you were talking about the herbs out front, every year chamomile now sprouts up from the cracks in the sidewalk out front. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah, wonderful. Oh, yeah, we really have created such a special place. I am so glad that people clued me in so that I got to witness it in person. And as I mentioned, I had like all my luggage with me when I was there. And my other memory is that like, I remember I bought like a, kids game and kids book for the little ones in my life and I bought like flower and tea towels that were so beautiful and then I didn't I wasn't able and I remember being sad like oh I can't I'm not checking anything so I can't bring like liquids etc and then I was like oh no but I can get these things online so if anybody is thinking like oh I want to experience Rebecca's apothecary but aren't able to make it to Boulder Colorado anytime soon you are online so yeah such a beautiful special place and just you know hats off to you and I'm just yeah you're it's people like you that give me so much inspiration and hope in the herbal world because you're out there like following your dreams following your heart creating these beautiful spaces empowering people giving people jobs I mean they're in a really cool way so uh, it's just yeah so many things to love Rebecca I think we're in a mutual admiration society, my new chamomile sister. I I just adore you. And I'm really, really pleased to be. I've been so looking forward to this. How fun. I just I've been re-inspired, like with all these things, listening to your podcast. And I'm like, why am I not drinking pine needle tea? And I've lived the pines, (laughs) all these things. So thank you. Well, before you go, I have one last question for you. And that question is, how do herbs instill hope in you? Oh, um, oh yes. So th- this has been an interesting thing. I, as I said, I'm, I'm living in the middle of the woods right now. And I have sort of rediscovered walking, walking through the woods and really being able to be there. It's now been eight, eight months I'm up there and being able to you know, just really slow down and just walk and enjoy. It's taken me about this length of time to remember my beginning stages as an herbalist to like, oh my gosh, I want to start hard. I'm going to make Grindelia honey. I'm going to, you know, like just it, it, so it instills hope in me because it continually, it continually reawakes me. It continually surprises me. It continually comforts me Mm -hmm. and it continually holds me up Hmm. oh I really resonate with that yeah and I love that just the walk in the woods because that's something I do pretty much daily and that is something just being out there with the plant friends and yeah there is such a a felt sense of being held there both on a practical sense you know you can see the elder bush bush and 
know like, oh, there's my medicine and feel that practical sense, but then just the sense of the forest and all those trees and the, the comfort they bring like chamomile. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we could take a walk together one day. I would love that. Yeah, let's do it at my elevation though, not yours. <laughs> Well, my brother's out on Orcus. I'll come visit. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. That's definitely more my elevation, <laughs> which for those who don't know is sea level. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was just such a delight to connect with you and to connect with Chamomile and hear about the shop. This has just been wonderful. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to download your beautifully illustrated recipe card and to get a transcript of this show. There you'll also be able to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is the best way to stay in touch with me. The best way to check out Rebecca's offerings and her amazing apothecary is at the website rebeccasherbs.com. If you'd like more herbal episodes to come your way, then one of the best ways to support this podcast is by subscribing on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. I'd also love to hear your comments about this episode. What's your biggest takeaways? Okay, you've lasted to the very end of the show, which means you get a gold star and this herbal tidbit. Okay, so honestly, I was scratching my head just a bit for this herbal tidbit because this isn't the first time Chamomile has made an appearance on the show. We've had brilliant interviews with Anne Armbrecht about the sustainability of herbs and chamomile, an incredible bitters recipe with my friend Leslie Likos, and I've also done two solo shows about chamomile too. I'm not complaining, we can never have too much chamomile. In fact, I hope more guests choose chamomile in the future. But if after this episode you're wishing you had more chamomile in your life, we've got you covered with those other episodes. But that brings me back to my issue of trying to find an herbal tidbit for something I've done a few herbal tidbits about. So I was thinking about this episode and I got to wondering, has anyone ever looked at chamomile's ability to help with adjusting to a high altitude? Because I swear that was no joke when I was visiting Rebecca's apothecary. That was a big adjustment for me. So I looked into it and I found some hits on it. But for the most part, chamomile is recommended as kind of an adjunct therapy something to help with headaches or anxiety, both of which can happen when there's a sudden change in altitude, but I'll take it. And I think this must confirm that chamomile really does do everything. <laughs>